Welcome everybody to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweetie referee, Dave Keener. Double and time. Double time. You got double, you're double fisting, huh? Double, double fisting, huh? Yeah. And our engineer over here, Brian Bennett. There you go. And who did we have the on to? Bennett Factor. Oh, sorry. That's you, right. You're trying, you're trying to be funny? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, trying. Yeah. Yeah. So who we got on? So, for the first time on a Monday night, nonetheless. Oh, it's a Monday night? It's a Monday night. Why not? But but they don't know that, so who cares? Because it's going to get edited. It's going to be like a Wednesday or right. Sunday, so it'll nobody be a gives Tuesday a or it'll be a <laughs> Thursday, something. Whenever I throw it together and throw it out there. And, um, oh, you're horrible. <laughs> so, on tonight's show, we got a Servius. Did he say that right? Service. Cerberus. Cerberus. <laughs> Cerberus. Okay. Okay. So, how you doing, sir? What's going on, guys? It's a pleasure to be on. It's a, it was a, it was a long weekend. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah. It was it was uh, so I'm making my debut over for the trifecta uh, with standalone wrestling, pro wrestling after dark, and SWF uh, Saturday night, where I made my debut, and they unveiled the new uh, trifecta heavyweight championship, which will now kind of be the uh, the uh, overlord champion championship of through all three companies and uh i was able to go out and squash a couple of chumps and take that belt and uh so now i uh i have a full schedule now that i have this championship that kind of fits over the top of those three companies here's a secret when chad puts a title on somebody they go far they go to AEW. so right. do you think you're to go now or they go to or nxt or nxt yes and become right, right. the nxt <laughs> world heavyweight champion so right. so let's keep that title on you maybe i'll we'll See AEW <laughs> calling you <laughs> or NXT. We're NXT. <laughs> Or impact. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. That's uh, there's definitely uh, there's definitely possibilities there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I wanted to bring up a question because um, something came up recently, maybe a couple months ago. Weeks ago. Do you think wrestler um, wrestling needs background checks? Oh boy, yeah. Um, that, that's tough. You know, and obviously there there have been some very unfortunate sort you know situations um, recently. Uh, not just the most recent, uh, but even uh, even in the beginning of the summer, we had another one with um, with an announcer, play by play guy, and um, we uh, it, it's it, it's that's it, that's a that's a tough question because you can't mm-hmm. check everyone. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 obviously everything was disgusting with what went on, but it's 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 tough because you know it's it, again I, you know I don't know if I can actually answer that question. That's definitely a loaded question. I believe there should be obviously. Um, because there's this, especially when it comes to children, yeah. there is a lot, you know, there's obviously a lot of children at the shows and even before the shows um, because of, you know, people bringing, you know, workers, uh, promoters, so on and so forth, bringing their children to the shows. Correct. Um, you know, it, 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 there's there's that influence is there with the children. So you don't, yeah, you definitely don't want anyone who, who, who goes that route to be around the kid. But it, there's also, it's not just, it's not just a, a, a child thing you know there there's guys or girls out there that will can sexually harass adults you know and 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 just be just terrible people um there's really no real background checks for that type of stuff you know what i mean so it's that's that's a tough question but i i i would have some sort of background check but um yeah i i don't i just don't know how 
that process uh, would logistically how that would be done or, or the, the, the process, you know, how it would work into just a regular indie show. You know what I mean? I understand some of the bigger indie shows could do it, you know, yeah. say an SWF, a trifecta show or, you know, one of the other bigger shows. Uh, but some of these mom and pop, uh, you know, indie shows around that can't afford to maybe run checks, they're, they're shit out of luck. So, um, yeah, that's that's a tough question. That definitely is a tough question. Yeah, what do you guys think? It should be out there. I think it should be for all promotions. Everybody should do the background and pass it along. This is what's going on. They're good. They're good. Right. They're good. If you work together as promoters out there, maybe you can help each other out. So my, yeah, a little bit. And there's they promote. You know, you know how that is with the promoters trying to help each other out. You know, right. they'd rather uh, <laughs> yeah, they'd rather see well, the other one fall off the cliff. You know, than than to help them out. We were supposed to have the announcer in question that you were talking about on the show. Right. And then we heard about oh, it really? happened, and I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, no. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. And that's that's tough, and that goes into a whole nother thing, and I don't know if you guys want to talk about that. That also, there have been so many advances um, in the LGBTQ um, wrestling just community. Obviously, we have uh, with um, Pro Wrestling After Dark has a, a show coming up October 1st in Atlantic City at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall uh, called Taste the Rainbow. Yes. which uh, is all basically um, LGBTQ workers and support and supporters. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, with that situation that originally happened with the play-by-play the, the -play announcer, uh, the person happened to be part of that community. So it kind of, it's also kind of a setback in that community. You know what I mean? It kind of, people will cast a weird eye like, oh, well, you know, it, it's, it's, it, that was a, that was a tough one because I, you know, I happen to be in that community yeah. and it uh you know when i first heard of what happened that kind of you know I, I talked to chad mins about it and uh yeah we we felt the same way it's like wow you know there's been so many advances and now all of a sudden people are gonna you know cast that weird eye again like oh well you know he was he was gay and uh maybe all you know all these gay folks are, are the same or whatnot and that was that was tough that was really tough yeah i mean i'm friends with somebody who was friends with him right and then he was like, nope, block him off, mark him off, do whatever you can. And right. I'm not going to mention names, but he's pretty high up in the referees. Right. So I think we get it. If, if people know what's going on out there, right? We got what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with synergy. Right. Yeah, but like, there's other things. Like, I had we had somebody go. What about second chances? People doing background checks. <sighs> I I think if they came forward and said what they did wrong and not hide it, I might right. go okay a little bit. But I'm gonna keep an eye on. Them. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, but that's that's me. Like, we all have to give second chances to everybody. We're all human beings. You know what I mean? But of course. But, like, right now, like, you need to disappear for a while and then maybe bring yourself back into the world and just start right. talking slowly and saying, I screwed up, I'm an idiot, and this is what I did wrong. But And at the end of the day, we are not God, or we do, we believe in that higher power or whatever. We're not in control or at the end of right. the day. So that's my opinion. Oh, you're clapping your hands. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. But I care about everybody. I'm I'm all about human rights. I'm all about I don't care if you're I'm all about family. Yeah, yes, yes. At the end of the day, like I'm gonna say, when you come on the twenty three hundred wrestling podcast, you become part of the family. So welcome to the family. It's like when, when I walk in the locker rooms. Like I feel the reason why everybody calls each other brother is because 
business of professional wrestling is like a brotherhood. Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. And you know, and that's what it. I, you know, I was I was talking to a couple of people this weekend, and both at the both the events I did, and my favorite part, you know, I obviously I love to wrestle. I love getting in the ring. I love the physicality of it. Um, but my favorite part of the event is I show up super early. Like, like, uh, I, Saturday show for the uh, SWF show, I was there like when the truck pulled up and just there to hang out with folks and, and, and you know, really get to know people I ha- I don't know and, and hang out with people I do. And uh, that's my favorite part of it, you know, is the camaraderie, the brotherhood that you get. You, you do make some great um, lasting bonds. You know, this weekend I got to talk to um, a guy, a younger guy, uh, Mason Martin, uh, the Baltimore Beast that yeah. I really, really get to well. talk to. Yeah, nah, he's, a, he's a great kid, and I got to talk to him quite a bit um, this weekend. And, you know, we, we formed a pretty good bond this weekend. We, 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 we were able to talk about certain things with each other, and uh, we really hit it off. And it's, it's one of those things, making new friends and, um, you know, making bonds outlast into the future in the business. When we met at um, that, that company that we don't want to talk about, the show at um, Jackson Pirate House? No, it was, the, it was um, the other one. Um, or Val. The, yeah, that yeah. yeah. Okay. I enjoyed talking to you. And I was like, today I was like, I want him on my own podcast. <laughs> He's on my bucket list. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I like going to those shows because a friend of mine was on those shows. Um, <laughs> Elia Boretz. Is a friend of mine. Yeah, he's a, he's another great guy. Right, he's a I've gotten great to guy. Very well. Yeah, I didn't recognize him because last time I saw him, he didn't look like Scott Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had the big poofy hair and no facial hair. Right, right. But he's still a great guy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I literally, I walked up to him and I started calling him, and they called him by his real name, and he looked up. <laughs> Stop That's doing funny. that. Yeah. <laughs> but he he introduces himself by his real name. So moving on. Okay. Moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. I, I I was waiting for you to say something else, but okay. Yeah. No, moving on. <laughs> so um, let's move on. Um, do you have any pet peeves in the business? Well, besides some of the stuff I just went through, <laughs> you know. Um, no, you know, I, I, listen. My biggest, well, one of my biggest pet peeves is, you know, because I'll give you a little background of where I where I come from and what I've done. Um. You know, a lot of people think I'm relatively new uh, to the Jersey scene, and I'm not. It's just that I trained um, with Iron Mike Sharp back in 97, uh-huh. 97 98, early 98. And okay. uh, my first match my first match was in March of, in fact, it is March now, March of 98, um, in where, uh, uh, Manahawk in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I was um, there. At a l- little place called St. Mary's Parish yep. Center. It was For, a huge uh, place. Tom Runsby. For Tommy Rumsby. Right, yes. exactly. Okay, well, not, not to cut you off, not to cut you off, but no. do you remember they did a show at St. Mary's and it mm. was the TV Gen versus the father and somebody else? Mm, I, prob- I probably was at that show. I was I the manager of the TV Gen back then. Oh, really? Yeah. I was there the father, for all those shows. I have a funny story about the father. <laughs> um, so my first show there, I wasn't I wasn't supposed to wrestle. I was, you know, just I was hanging out, you know, trying to get my, you know, work my way in. Yeah. And Tommy Rumsey was a character, and I I, I, I love that rest. man still to his day. Yeah. He um he I, him and I hit it off immediately. He he that, that guy was a character twenty four seven. Um, some people hate him, some people love him. I'm one of the guys who love him, and uh, he was like. 
hey, he was like, they were, they were out one guy. And uh, he was like, did you bring your gear? I brought my gear, uh, as you always should, no matter if you booked or not. And um, I wound up, you know, putting on a hood uh, with another guy, um, Tony Emerald. And um, we both put on hoods and we worked this, like, 600 pound guy who did like a and i can't remember exactly what they called him it was some type of blackwell gimmick he did like a bruiser blackwell like a, a bru- yeah he did like a bruiser blackwell, you were at blackwell that show DB. Gimmick. and um it was me and, and tony under hoods we called ourselves the street thugs we didn't even we just came you know we're like oh we gotta call ourselves something well there's street thugs and uh so i'm shitting my pants basically because <laughs> now i'm like oh man and yeah now the in the in the place it was funny because the place was sold out I mean, the St. Mary's was a really great place for wrestling at that time. That place was a beautiful hall. Packed. And um, so I'm in the back and, you know, back at that time, your music wasn't already stored in a computer. You brought your CD with you to the show. And then you put the piece of and tape that, on it, play track four. Right. Yep. Yep. Track four, <laughs> track five, whatever it was. You had your gimmick name on it, blah, blah, blah. And then they so, did play track five and go, what, oh, yeah, who no, the hell's this? It would happen 900 times to me where <laughs> it would be the wrong track right. or the wrong CD or something or other. <laughs> but um, so I didn't have a CD with me. You know, I, I didn't even have music yet. That wasn't even in my head. I thought I didn't think I'd have a show. So uh, here's the father, Ozzy, you know, standing mm. in the corner. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah. And he would talk like Ozzy. He never Dude, got he, out of character. He looked like him. Yeah, he looked dead. What like he, him. And, he used to manage Slayer. Okay. Yeah, he used to manage Slayer. Yep, yep, yep. I got a story and, to tell uh, you about that. Me, um, he gave me uh, uh, the No More Tears album. He was like, oh, use uh, Perry Mason. So I'm like, all right, that's perfect. But Perry, yeah, Mason, Perry Mason wasn't on No More Tears. Oh, well, maybe it was, maybe it was a different album. I forget. It was Osmosis or something like that. Right. right? I forget which one it was on. But he gave us that out, you know, that album, that No More Tears, not No More Tears, um, Perry Mason. Right. And so they put Perry Mason in, and uh, Tony and I are standing behind the curtain. We're waiting, and I forgot how long the friggin' intro to Perry Mason is. And that I'm like, oh, God. two minutes. Yeah, and we're standing in the back waiting for the music to hit, and it's, it's just that opening, you know, uh, rip. And we're just like, let's go. I'm like shitting my pants in the background because I don't want to go out there. And I wound up getting my jaw dislocated in my first oh. match. We go out again. The guy was like 500 pounds, 600 pounds, and he was really out of shape. And uh, not to, I, you know, I, I, I haven't seen the guy maybe in 20 some years. And he, um, he was blown up within two minutes. And it was a squash match. We were only going to go, you know, three minutes top. And um, we did a, we did a double clothesline spot where he, we, you know, he clotheslined both of us after we, you know, whipped him into the rope. And uh, he came back and he came too hot because he was so blown up. He came too high with the clothesline and just clotheslined me across oh. the face. <laughs> dislocated my jaw thanks god i was under the, i was a 20 year old kid i don't even think i was 20 at the point and um he just spun my jaw around my face basically oh. and thank god i was under the hood because uh no one could see me crying under the you know under the hood Damn. and uh he did that old you know king kong bundy bit where he, he splashed the two of us on top of each other and wanted the five town you know the big five town <laughs> it's like oh my god just get the fuck off me at this point right. <laughs> i mean you know my, my head hurt now you're squashing me and you, you smell pretty bad. Um, but yeah, no, that was uh, that was my introduction to uh, to wrestling. It, it was funny because we went to Standalone last year, the one where it was the killer, uh, killer, whatever, killer cross the show. Okay, right. I mean, you went and I see Slayer, and I walk up to him and I go, Slayer? He goes, Where do I know you from? I'm like, 
We did Tom Runsby shows back in the early 2000s over at St. Mary's. He goes, you, yeah, you were the manager. I'm like, yeah, I had long hair back then. He goes, yeah, what the fuck are you doing here? I'm like, hanging out. Came up to see the show. I'm like, nice seeing you. Glad you're still wrestling. What are you, 50? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I actually, I think, I think Slayer's <laughs> younger than me. Of the, of the, yeah, he's, uh, he's. But I mean, still getting that rib going and having. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, absolutely. When when we did the shows for Tom Runsby, I was managing Maverick, and you right. were talking about um, Mike Sharp. They were all managed. Yep. They were all trained by Mike Sharp. Right. And so we go up, and Mike's um, sitting there getting dressed. I'm like, "What are we doing tonight?" He's like, "I want to see if we can work the rep, the Reverend, the priest." I'm like, right. Okay, so we're heels tonight. Maverick's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, so we're going to get beat up by the priest? Yep. I'm like, okay, I'm down with that. So we get beat up by the priest, and then we start doing dog pile on the wabbit back to the locker room. Right. Yeah, the dog pile on the wabbit is pretty much, there's a whole tag team, and they just start dog piling over each other to the oh, back. Man. Just like falling. <laughs> you go to get up, and you fall. You go to get up, and you fall. <laughs> and it was funny, and Tom was like, I fucking loved it. It was great. Tom Rensby, like he said, Tom Rensby was a character, but it was fun working for him. No, it was a blast. It was a blast. He uh, he had a great run um, towards, you know, unfortunately towards the end of his life. He had a great you know, small run up in um, northeastern Pennsylvania, right. up in Wilkes-Barre, uh, you know, Scranton, that area, where he even got TV time up there uh, on the, uh, I can't remember the what channel, it was like Channel 29 or something. It's like the Fox affiliate or whatever it was. Yeah, it was something like there. that. And, um, we did a lot. We did, <laughs> we did. Uh, <laughs> uh, gosh, we did a promo. He had his big blow up show the one year, and he had found he had found a money mark up there. Um, this guy I can't remember his name, but he ran like a you know this big company up there, and um, just want you know wanted to be involved in wrestling, and um, he would put us up in this beautiful like Radisson hotel up there, and the guy owned a bar too, so we would go to the bar, and it was everything was on the house every night. We'd be up there because we would stay up there he would do a friday night show in let's say uh natacoke pa saturday night in scranton and then a sunday afternoon he would run triple shots on a weekend tommy at one point and um those were black because we were staying in this beautiful hotel because of the money mark and uh eating every eating and drinking every night for free at this bar and uh, there was one spot where i was the i was the main of the show uh with um with uh uh, uh dave duncan math they call mass destructive Destruction, Dave Duncan, and myself against, uh, I think it was, uh, they called them the good old boys. It was a, like a hillbilly tag team. Up yeah, there. I remember them. And uh, so it was us against them, and it was like the main of this this big blow-off show they had, and it was this huge armory, this, uh, uh, not Scranton armory, it was uh, Kingston armory. Huge, huge, huge building. You could have ran a WWF pay-per-view in. It's like the Northeast I mean, Army where Ring of Honor ran. That, that yeah, just right, as exactly. big. It's, it's, that size, yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, so the night before, he's trying to do all this promo, and he calls us up, and mind you, we had been out all night drinking at a, uh, a gentleman's establishment, basically. And um, we, it was like three in the morning. Uh, we didn't have, so this is like 19, this is like 2001, maybe. I didn't have a cell phone at Around that then. point, but... Uh, there, the the phone's ringing in the in the hotel room like crazy, and it's Tom. He's like, "Hey guys, 
get get your gimmicks on, uh, meet me here, blah, 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 blah. We're like, what the hell? It's like 3 o'clock in the morning, Todd. We're, we had basically just fallen asleep, and we're all hammered. And um, it was a TV station at TV 29 or whatever out of there. So basically, they had me, Duncan, and uh, this kid, John, uh, who both, uh, who actually stayed up there. He liked it so much. John actually lives up there and married one of the young ladies uh, that worked at the gentleman's club we were at <laughs> and has a beautiful life uh, up there now. But um, we wound up going to this and, and like invading their morning show at this Channel 29 or whatever. And uh, they had this beautiful setup on the side of a mountain uh, where they did their weather outdoors off the side of the mountain. Really cool setup. And the guy, uh, the he was like, hey, do you think, he was the weather guy, he was like, do you think you can pick me up over your head and throw me into, they had like this little koi pond on the side of where they did the weather, like on camera. Yeah. I, I, yeah, sure. And mind you, it's just, this is all live. <laughs> this was, you know, this was, this was their good morning America up there or whatever they're, they're you know, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm half in the bag still at this point. And it's like, now it's like four 30 in the morning for that show at five o'clock in the morning. I lift the guy up. The ground was a little wet because oh. you're on the side of a mountain. There's mildew. And I slip and I basically heave the guy onto the cement. <laughs> Ow. So the poor weather Shit. guy, and I, I, I'm sure there's some type of survive. I, I never, I don't have the video of it, but I'm sure there's some type of surviving. Uh, uh, they would have the, you know, the, the video of it, and they had to change weather announcers for the rest of the day. They had to bring a new guy in because the guy got, the guy got pretty dinged up, and uh, we basically just jumped back in the car and took off as fast as we could. <laughs> Did you ever do any of the shows? At what was it, Manahawkin High or whatever the high school Tom ran out of? They we used to do Lacey uh, it, High School a lot back yeah. then. Um, it was Lacey Township High School, yeah. Right. We walked into this in this school and it looked like walking into a hotel. There was yeah. a koi yep, pond in the front and it had all the flowers and everything else. And now, mind you, we're on the show and the bushwhackers are there as well. Right. And uh, I'm sitting there, so it was the the, the double header. The Friday night he ran at uh, St. Mary's and the next night he ran at the school or vice versa. Right. And my the two guys I was managing worked a guy named Cannonball and I forget the other guy's name who the night before worked each other. Right. Which worked. So it was kind of cool. And like, what are we doing? Same thing we did last night. Okay. No, Meanwhile, no. you're only about two miles apart in the, the, the venues. So right. And five then miles apart. Tom's like, are you guys staying up here for the, for the Friday night? We're like, are you putting us up? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, it's only an hour and a half ride back to Philadelphia. Right. So we went back to Philly. We got showered, changed, ate, and went right back on the road. Right. <laughs> There's no point in staying at the hotel. If we're no. an hour and a half, we'll no. just go home and come back. Yeah, no, that's, 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 an, that's an easy drive. Right. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're right in Delaware County, so it's really not right. that far. Right. So. Yeah, he he would run he, he all all down there. He would have some great shows, and then he would have some uh, some terrible shows. Right, <laughs> Tommy. Yeah, he would. Uh, and um, you know, it was it was always it was always a great time though. And he always had one of the older names on the show, and I think he brought them in through Eric Sims all the time. Yeah, well, Cairo um, was always there too. And Tommy Cairo and right. Paulie Equalizer, mm, Equalizer, and oh all God. those guys. Yeah, I actually just you know it's funny. I just ran back into Paulie, and we mm. hit it off again after. It's probably been 20 years since I've seen I, Paul. I remember Paulie did a show for Fierro down in Wildwood. Right. And right. I walked in. I'm hanging out. I'm not on it. Tommy knows me. So I walk in. I'm hanging out. And there's Paulie. There's Sharp Dressed Man. Um, I got, oh, my God. Right. All right. Like, keep going. That I got, whole, I got story. like that whole locker room. 
was at that show in Wildwood. And I'm like, didn't I just right. see you guys last week? Like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I, I live in Wildwood. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, God, what's your story about Sharp Chess Man? No, Joe Sharp, uh, he was another one who was quite the character. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I wish, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what's become of Joe Sharp and his, uh, his old man, his, his father, I can't remember his father's name was uh, doubled as a ref and as his manager. So, and his old man would put a hood on when he was his manager, uh, and, you know, and, and kind of put like a million dollar man type suit on. But Joe Sharp, Sharp's gimmick for people who you know, don't know who Joe Sharp was, he did this sharp dressed man gimmick where he wore a tux to the ring and he had a walking stick um, which was a shoot walking stick like a cane. So there was a show and Joe and I always said he he didn't like me because I was bigger than him and at that point, he was he was in good shape, but he was the biggest guy on most of Tom's shows. So he would gimmick his king for, you know, he's a heel, and he would gimmick his king, kind of like carve a knot in it. So when he hit you over the back, it would break. Uh, and it would look fantastic, and it didn't hurt. So this bastard decides, you know, we're, we're working a match, and I, I forget where it was. I think it was at St. Mary's. And uh, so he starts hitting me with the cane, and it's not breaking. And I realize the cane's not gimmicked. So he's oh. just wailing away at me with a oh. with a real cane trying to shoot. So finally, in the middle of the match, I just I just stopped. And at that point, I was you know still very green, and I didn't know how to kind of work snug and not let people let not let the crowd know that you're you're shooting a little bit. And uh, I basically I just grabbed the cane from him and I start wailing him across the head with the cane as hard as I could and I he left he had to run out just bloodied and beaten out of the ring and they went to a no contest they basically counted him out and the the funny part and not to make fun of anybody's disabilities but um Joe Sharp's old man I think it, it I don't think it was um I, I don't I don't think it was Parkinson's obviously I don't I don't know if it's Tourette's but the thing about Joe Sharp's old man was he had a, a tremor uh and his head would shake a, a little bit and uh so you knew like when he was the ref and when he was under the hood for because he, he would kind of have this little bit of a tremor. And I remember Joe Sharp's old man under the hood, jumping up onto the, while I was beating the crap out of his son in the ring, Joe Sharp's old, old man jumping up onto the apron, like screaming, like, stop! And I just came over and plugged him one across the chin. And he <laughs> dropped off the ring to, you know, he dropped out to the outside. And uh, I don't think, I don't think Joe Sharp ever worked a show for Tommy after that. I think that was his last show. Good times, that was. Oh yeah, yeah was, I uh, loved was, it up there. It was fun. Yeah, I remember good, good the one time I had to walk out with a hood on, and I told DB right. the story. Um, I, I had like we turned on whoever we had, and I grabbed the mic and I just started going off on the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Maverick and Norm were like, "Put a mask on." I'm like, why? They're like, "Cause they fucking hate you right now." Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the great heat, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's the from Tommy, I went on and I started working for, um, there was some really small indies in Jersey that maybe ran one or two shows here or there. Because at that time, you know, you just want to get booked wherever. And um, there was also Ron Post did a Empire Wrestling Alliance. I worked for them a lot. And at that time, uh, the big one, you know, there was two big uh, indies in Jersey that you wanted to work for. And that was obviously Jersey All Pro with Fat Frank up there. And um, also um, Phoenix Championship Wrestling, which was Donnie mm -hmm. B's promotion. Yeah. Uh, that used to do uh, that uh, Firebird TV. They actually had TV mm -hmm. on the local TV access. And I was lucky enough, I got to do some of those, both of those. And um, 
Yeah, and then, but my my thing was, um, and getting back to the point of this whole conversation, was I was a single dad, you know, I still am. And I had to uh, basically, you know, my shoot job was my priority at the time because I needed that type of security to take care of my son. Yeah, right. I was young. I was a young single father. So it, it, I wasn't able to really, even though I was getting, you know, people were starting to, you know, get some interest and I was starting to get, you know, a few more booking requests. I wasn't able to go on the road, you know, out anywhere far because I had a child at home. And uh, so for, you know, all this time now, 20 something years, 20 five years I think now a year uh it's always been on and off but now as I'm it, it's funny how the how things come full circle now I'm older uh and, and I'm getting and wiser uh and I don't have to worry about my son anymore because he's 24 years old right I don't have to worry about you know leaving him home now the requests are starting again now I have offers to go to Texas and to this you know here there the other place and um but the problem is now I got to worry about my body holding up because of my age so you were uh you you were talking about promotions big at that time in Jersey. Doc mm. Diamond. Doc Diamond had. Yeah, I, I never worked for Doc Diamond. But he yeah, he was we, a big one too. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's but yeah, I never worked for. I had never worked for him. Um, Once there was also uh, Gino Caruso up North yeah. Jersey doing his stuff. There, yeah, and that's you know it's funny now because there's certain indie uh, groups in Jersey now that are you know telling their boys you know their workers that they can't work anywhere somewhere else. Uh, they can't work for them if they work in this certain other indie show in Jersey, which you take it away from guys' bookings, which is not right. That's not um, the way it works, though. Yeah, that's not the way. It, exactly, it's not the way it works. But it, 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 as much heat as some of these in the early 2000s, when wrestling or late 90s, when wrestling was white hot right. because of the WWF, wrestling was so white hot. Even in the, the little Jersey Indies, you could have shit on the ground and called it a wrestling show, and people showed up. It was all just trickled down from how hot the WWF was, and still as hot as it was then and as much as the promoters hated each other back then no one told you that hey if you work here well if you work there you can't work here um and that just goes to show you how how silly some things can be now i mean they didn't like it if you worked the other place but they never no 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 but they never they never came out and said it right so but it's childish it is you're grown-ups and you're telling people they can't work somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it's it's wild. But um yeah, so that that was my situation. That's why I was where I was. And uh, about two years ago, you know, I wrestled on and off, on and off, mostly uh as favors for friends that I that I had back in those, you know, back in the early times. You know, someone would run a show and needed an extra hand on the show, a bigger guy who could work maybe a name or something like that, and I would come in. I'd do a show here maybe once every couple months. Um and what happened was I had a friend reach out to me uh, two years ago now, uh, uh, a friend who we no longer speak to, to each other because of what transpired, but I had a friend reach out to me for a, um, uh, what they, he was starting up a group called Foundation of Wrestling, and there was a Foundation of Wrestling show in uh, in uh, Bayville Elks, uh, the Elks, which is a, you know, it was a hotspot for a long time with uh, NWA Coastal Pro Wrestling, which I was part of with Phil Varlis and Tommy Cairo. Um, um, that I worked with them for a while with that. Um, 
always feuding with Wacky Way and Woo in like kendo <laughs> stick matches, which was terrible. <laughs> it hurt a lot. Um, but you know, so I, I worked for these guys, uh, this foundation, uh, and they, basically they had a champ there that was all of. Um, and I'm not a huge, huge guy, but you know, I'm six two. I'm 270 pounds. I got a decent physique on me. They had their champ was all of five foot four, you know, and uh, <laughs> 125 pounds, and he wouldn't sell for me when you know they wanted me to come out and issue this challenge and I look like a complete giant next to him but you know he wanted to be that guy who just wouldn't sell any type of fear or anything like that and there's a way to go about that where you're kind of the plucky underdog baby face but there's also a wrong way to go about it where you just don't sell for the you know the bigger batter heel um so I got sick of that and I it happened to be one show the second show uh where I wrestled their champ and um I wound up breaking my hand and tearing my rotator cuff in the, in that match. Oh. And uh, I, I gave the kid a tree of woe. And like an idiot, I, I was really charging at him, trying to make it look as believable as possible because this kid couldn't make, uh, couldn't make anything look believable. And um, I put my hand out to brace myself on the turnbuckle and my hand slipped and I, I basically punched the post as hard as I could by accident. And um, still finished the match, blah blah blah. But that was it for them. I come to find out, you know, they were they they had told me they wanted me to be called the the Titan Killer. Um, and I didn't know. You know, again, I hadn't worked in any of these indie shows in a while. And I find out that it was kind of a shoot on um, Titan Championship Wrestling, which was you know <laughs> another company. They, I was like, oh wow, you know. Then I find that out. I was like, you guys forced me into this weird shoot that you guys have. You know, calling me you know, basically crapping on their company without me even knowing. Um, so I reached out to them, you know, uh, and, and they, you know, were very receptive. And so I started working with them, obviously. And um, so the bookings, you know, were more consistent. And I, uh, I was like, you know what, now I'm comfortable doing it again. And now I don't really have any handcuffs. No, I don't want to say handcuffs because he's my kid. But there's no real restrictions anymore because my son's older. So I was able to do more and more shows. Yeah. Um, and you know, Titan and I, you know, we, I, I decided that I was going to walk, you know, move, move along, you know, keep, uh, move forward. And, uh, yeah, now, uh, I'm working with, uh, the trifecta now and, uh, the sky's the limit with, with uh, these guys. It really is the, um, they put something very special together with the trifecta with, uh, you know, standalone pro wrestling after dark and, um, uh, SWF, uh, they, they, they've, there's so much momentum and the, these shows are different obviously you guys are familiar with each one of those groups right um the pro wrestling after dark obviously is a little little edgier content um but it's a lot of fun obviously standalone is more the pure wrestling um and with SWF, you get the mix of everything. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm really, you know, very happy to be able to call myself, you know, the the trifecta champ. Uh, so I get to, you know, kind of wet my beak in all three all three of those uh, uh, promotions. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, it's funny side story. You were talking about Wacky Wayne Wu. Yes, sir. Okay, so back in. 99, I think it was 99, a tag team by the name of Bad Attitude. Bad Attitude, yes, sir. We're yep. running a small little show in Wildwood on the pier called Dinosaur Beach. Right. I was there for that, and <laughs> I met... And it was funny because I met... Who was it? The Soul Brothers, Wacky Wayne Wu, because I knew the ring because... 
it's one of my favorite rings to work in because it's the Mess Brothers ring, which is an amazing <clears> ring to work in. But, and it was funny, I saw them there, so I'm blocking traffic on the boardwalk and everything else, so they get the truck up. And they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I work one pier over. Oh, really? So they would do that on a Friday night. And then Saturday night, we ran a show at the school I work at now. And the funny thing is, you were talking about um, Bruiser, Bruiser Blackwell. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. We did a 600-pound body slam challenge <laughs> for him. So right. Maverick was the guy who ran the wrestling company. And he's like, just whoever, go ahead, go out. He's like, Dave, go try to body slam him. I'm like, I'm 145 pounds. He'll squash me like a freaking gnat. He's like, go out. Right. Like, okay, I go to body slam him, I do the two pulls, and then I hurt my back. Like, nope, goodbye. <laughs> and at that time, he had a manager, DB. Oh, he had a manager? Yes. You know who his manager was? Who was his manager? Prime time Amy Lee. Oh, I know who yeah, she was. Yeah, Amy. I, I didn't know if you guys were going to know Amy. So yeah. Amy is such a sweetheart. Unless you fuck with her. Such, uh, well, yeah, unless you mess with her, yeah. Such a good woman. She was legitimately the first person, because at, at any, you know, the, the first couple of Tommy shows that I worked, I was really out of place, you know, I was small, I was a younger guy and really didn't know anything and didn't want to talk to anybody because I, you know, I was, I was scared. Yeah. Amy basically, you know, put her arm around me and kind of, uh, you know, protected me for, for a long time for my first First, you know, few shows where she was introducing me to folks and um, just making sure I was taken care of and I wasn't, you know, shitting my pants in the corner, you know, just trying, <laughs> you know, trying not to get killed. And uh, yeah, no, I owe a ton to Amy because she was a uh, she was a great influence on me when I first started out. When I started um, doing this whole po um, interviews and podcasts, I had Amy on, and that interview was amazing. And yeah, she's got some wild stories. And the crazy thing is, we were counting how many um, bad words she says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she likes dropping that c word a lot. Oh, dude. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was fun having her on. And yeah. but it's funny, guy. I worked with her twice. Okay, uh -huh. I did a under the bottom rope battle royal. It was a manager's battle royal. That's great. So it was me, her, Lucky Larry, God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, I knew Larry very well. Uh who else was on it? Frank, when Frank was doing the ECW star gimmick, and just went out and she threw me under the bottom rope. Like, get the fuck out! Second time, <laughs> I was refing a women's match for Pro Wrestling Unplugged. Okay. And she literally just took me and threw me through the middle rope, and I hit the ground. And mind you, it was at the ECW arena, so there's no pretty blue mats on the floor. Right. So that kind of hurt a little bit. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, nothing. I, uh, I, I, I fractured my spine back in 2003 uh, because of, you know, no mats. I uh, I was working at that Kingston Armory, that huge armory up for uh, Tommy Rumsby, and uh, I w I was working uh, with uh, Bruce Beefcake. It was me and Beefcake, <laughs> and um, there was just this spot where I, I I whipped him to the buckle. He was supposed to kind of stumble out, and uh, I was going to the top rope just to deliver like a simple axe handle. And there was so much baby oil and so much crap on the ropes because they weren't wiping down the ropes at the time. And I got on that top rope, and I fell from the top rope and took a back bump onto the concrete. On the outside oh. and fractured I, I, what they call a uh, uh, I think a porous fracture of the spine and um, I, I finished the match you know basically I just got in and took a sleeper hold after you know what I mean but I was able to pull myself back into the ring but um, yeah no that's uh, that's I, I know the uh, that that concrete very well yeah. after that oh gosh that, that's, yeah, was, yeah. That, was, oh, yeah, that yeah. was a nightmare of a show between that one and taking a splash from O-Dog mm. 
<laughs> he can't, I wasn't expecting it. He came back. He threw me in the ring. And he's like, lay down. Okay. Lays me down. Goes up to the top. Frog splashes me. And I didn't have enough time to catch. Yeah, I didn't have enough time. So I'm like literally there. And he came across my left tricep. And I was shot for about four hours. Yeah. Couldn't move it. Oh, gosh. Damn. But yeah, I, still a great guy. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I got my ribs broken, actually, from a frog splashing. Um, for uh, one of Ronnie Post's Empire Wrestling Alliance shows, uh, a kid who I worked with a lot, um, this kid John, uh, he just overshot the frog splash, and basically his knees landed in my chest. <laughs> and I uh, broke two ribs, and I couldn't breathe. And, yeah, that was I spent the night in the hospital, basically, after that show out in the middle of Trenton. So, yeah, that was no fun. That was uh, no fun at all. And the whole time, my mother, you know, because I was still a young guy, my mother would yell at me, what the fuck do you think you're doing with your life right now? She like, you have a kid at home. You're out doing these shows. You're a maniac, you know? And, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was never fun. So what did your parents think about you getting into wrestling then? Well, my mother, it was one of those things. You know, I was very lucky. Um, my, so we, when I was young, we used to go um, to Convention Hall in Asbury Park. Which, we were there a couple uh, months ago. Yeah, there, there's some great shows there. ECW did some pay-per-views there, obviously. Um, bam, bam. There was always, when I was a kid, that's where you saw the WWF would do their, like, B-show there. Right. Um, I, I don't I think these kids kid. anymore know what the B-show was. Right. It was an yeah, A and B-show. Right. Yeah, um, it was it was either the Hogan show where you made the money or the you know usually the Intercontinental Champion was the top draw on the B show. Right. Um and that's where you know you had not lower level guys but they they split the roster and uh so the B shows would go to the smaller town and um so the B shows would come to Asbury and then there was still big names like I you know as a kid I saw Warrior there I saw Undertaker there that they, they they weren't necessarily crappy shows these were just they they split the roster right. um and that's what when my mother had asked me she's like what are you trying to do like what do you want to do with this and I said listen honestly to me convention hall is my Madison Square Garden that's where I grew up watching shows 23 right yeah and i was i was very lucky i got to work in convention hall in 2000 uh for um for ronnie post for empire wrestling alliance he, he did a show which did okay it's tough to work with that building it's that's a you know a, almost a three thousand seat building um that's that's tough for an indie to fill up you know uh it, it, even back then when wrestling was hot but he, he he drew a decent crowd and i got to work in a cage um so that was that was that was a great time and that's all i really wanted that was i could have i could have stopped wrestling there completely and been fine um but you know you, you keep uh you keep working and um, yeah, now now look at me. I'm in my 40s, and uh, <laughs> I'm uh, you know still 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 bumping and uh, bumping and fighting. You were talking about the B show. They used to do the B shows in Wildwood in the old convention center, right? Right. And right. they would bring in like Well Done or the Heavenly right. Bodies. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey! I was a Well Done fan. Stop I, it. Stephen Dunn was great. Trust me. Um, and they main event the one night with Mabel versus Bam Bam. Right. Mm. And I mean, it was it was cool but it's like okay wwf's coming but it's really it was the b show but it was still fun to sit there i got yelled at by jimmy del rey because i <laughs> that was i smacked his back he's like get up, kid those uh that was after i the wwf really stopped running convention hall at least in asbury their b shows uh it, I, I would think you figured like the very early 90s uh so but that's that you know that's obviously after with like well done and stuff like that right but um these these shows like the 
when I was a kid were all like it's funny story the 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 uh that that big scandal when uh Duggan and um Sheik the Sheik got pulled over, you know, together in the car and kind of exposed the business a bit. Broke they were coming from, uh, they, they were coming from a show I was at, that was at Convention Hall. That's why they were on the parkway. So that's, uh, yeah, they were coming from, I don't think they worked each other at that show. I can't remember, but I was up to check it out. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing what those guys do down there with basically. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I, what I'm doing is I go down there now because they're so close to me. They're down in uh, Tom's River. They're so close that I, I use their ring to keep warm, you know what I mean? To basically warm yeah. up between spots, between bookings. And uh, I was like, listen, if you let me come down, because there's no schools around my area. Yeah, you right. let me come down to keep warm in the ring, I'll do your, your YouTube show for you. And they basically shit their pants. They're like, you will? I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so they have this big, you know, they have this big event. They're, they're, they're you know, Grimma Mania, which we taped this past weekend, um, where... Uh, Called... Um... B4W, Brookwood 4 yeah, Wrestling. Yeah, I remember B4W, yep, yep, right. yep, yep, yep. So they were a glorified backyard group, and then right. they got a hold of my brother and Carino and a few other ones, and, right. and Jake Manning, um, the Man Scout. If you don't know right. who Jake Manning is, look him up, he's pretty good. Um, but we were doing shows up there, and then we just started getting a following. And then people started coming up and working for them and everything else, and now they are a part of uh, World Wrestling 1. Okay. Which is now okay. owned by ECWA. Right. So yeah, I remember the B4W stuff because they they had uh, a um I think they had time on public access if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. And I remember seeing that. So I was like, oh my goodness gracious! You know, I I, I definitely remember the B4W. So it was like, I, I, I was reffing I was reffing the one cool. match for the guy uh, the kid Ryan. It was in the main event, and he was supposed to take a spot with uh, ukulele, and mm. he was supposed to get hit with the guitar part itself. Right. And the guy overshot and hit him with the neck of the guitar ah, like yeah. i mean where the guitar and the neck meet like the arm and the guitar he overshot hit him with that he had to go get four stitches put in his head well, yeah uh, we right with uh we have uh, right now i with the trifecta championship i have a good uh good stepping stone for me on my way to bigger and better things oh yeah five questions you want to do, do your bit okay. okay so it's it's not quite <sighs> non-wrestling questions but it's something fun to do mm-hmm. and, do you want me to do my spiel beforehand yes you always allowed i'm not going to say <laughs> No, because... So, besides doing wrestling, I also do voice work for, like, haunted okay. houses and acting and all that. So, right. he likes the way I do the voiceover. So, here we go. You ready? You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. okay. Gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the five questions of doom. So, number one. Question number one. Here we go. <laughs> and you forgot to hit this button. You forgot to the music. You're so hard... George. I know. You're shorter. So, Batman or Superman? Superman. Okay. Superman. Okay. Okay, ready? Question number two. Favorite word to say? Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> Favorite word to say? Uh, gimmick. Gimmick. That's a good one. Okay, this is going back when you Question number three. Favorite Saturday morning cartoon? Oh gosh, you know, I was a big mark when I was a kid. So it was uh, Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. That's what I was going to say. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the first time somebody brought that one up. I love it. Love On it. the Saturday morning, USA Cartoon Express. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Came on right after G.I. Joe or Yogi Bear's race car thing that he was doing with the Hanna Barbera yeah. people. 
Oh, yeah, they had, uh, uh, gosh, what was that? Like, wacky races. Yeah, or something like that. Races. Yeah. I love wacky I, w- I watch it all the time. Just get the um, Boomerang app, and you can right. watch it all the time. And, I mean, if right. you have HBO or Stars, you can watch all those old cartoons now because they're all on there. I tried. I tried to. I, we, my son and I, you know, he loved, um, when he was younger, it was, uh, you know, Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls and that, that was more my era. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I'm the same age as you, so mine was like Captain Caveman and She-Ra, right, He-Man, yeah, yeah. Transformers, yeah. Thundercats, right. Mask. Right, right. Yeah, that was Joe, on me. Mask and all that. Right. Right. The snork and snorks. Uh, <laughs> snorks. I love the snorks. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, wait, real quick. The Snorks was one of those cartoons where if you were on something, you thought it was a reality. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure if, if, if I was to, uh, to you know, put myself to some uh, THD and try to watch that now, I would. Uh, Here yeah. comes the Snorks. <laughs> so, the reality are you ready for the next one? Question <laughs> number four. See, back in my day, um, me and my sister had to take turns watching cartoons. That's because there was only one TV in the house, right? No, there was two, okay. but I was too scared to go downstairs. By myself? <laughs> I don't know. It made noise down there. I was scared. And then I went down there for the rest of my life. It was that. the boogie man. How old were you? <laughs> I was like maybe seven, eight. Okay. I, mean, I was already doing horror stuff at that time. Dude, it took me a long time like, to go to the bathroom before bed. <laughs> it's like, it's scary down here. Mommy. So me and my sister always took turns, and like I always watched Care Bears. Once. So Care Bears <laughs> is that or Care Bears cousins? Care Bear countdown. Yes, now? I okay. sing it all the time. All the time. Care Bears or Care Bears cousins? I don't. I don't think I watched the other one. Really? Oh, <laughs> you never watched I the know, movies? Another question. I know. I didn't watch. Wait, 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 wait! I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay, you ready? Okay, go ready. On. Transformers or Gobots? So I Gobots were cheaper to buy. As a kid, they were the knockoff transformers. Right. So my mother would buy me the GoBots. So I watched the GoBots because that's what I had. Gotcha. I watched GoBots. <laughs> I'm a Transformers fan, so I, I roll better. I'm but that's now you got to add that one to the list. <laughs> we will. We will. The last one. Here we go. This is the last question. Question number five. Favorite board game. Oh gosh, you know that's a loaded question because I have I am a board game connoisseur. Right. Um, I have board I have a whole closet in my house that is literally hundreds and hundreds of board games. Um, recently, um, there's a great I'm a big Universal Studios horror fan. The old Frankenstein, Dracula, those movies. Uh, there's a great uh, game called Horrified that pays homage to those movies. Really well done game by Ravensburger Games. Which now gaming outfit. Yep, I uh, had that game. Me and my brother have played it. I love that um, game. Um, huge. It's that or um, if I got a bigger group, there's a great card game called uh, Secret Hitler. Yep, played uh, that too. Secret, wait, wait, wait. Secret Hitler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as insidious as it sounds. It, um, it actually, you know, it kind of teaches, as silly as it is, it kind of teaches your, uh, it kind of teaches how democracy works. Um, and in fact, my uh, father-in-law is a history, uh, high school history teacher, and he borrowed my game bring it in and he had his kids in his high school history class last year obviously before the pandemic uh, he brought it in to let them play it as it's, uh, it's a pretty good example of how democracy works and how sometimes mob democracy mob rules can work yeah. wow so that's all pretty cool um you ever have like i know you said you worked beefcake and you worked 
a few other ones. Oh but, gosh, I've, I've worked Beefcake, I've worked Lauder, I've worked um, Valentine, I've worked uh, George Gandalf Steel, Thompson Punk Man a bunch of times. Um, yeah, and then some other bushwhackers. Uh, all really under Tommy Ruffin. Right, right, yeah, I remember that. But do you ever like, I don't, I don't call it mark out, do you ever like geek out about them? Oh yeah, absolutely, of course. Monkey uh, <laughs> Tonk Man was my favorite heel, uh, still probably to the day, you know. And uh, yeah, when I got to work him the first time, and I think he saw that I was such a mark for him that every time he would work for Rumsby again, he would ask to work with me uh, because, you know, basically I let him do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, I marked out really for Honky Talk, man. It was uh, yeah, pretty pretty wild to get to work with him. Um, and with the George Deal one, I uh, I was always just, you know, blown away by being able to work. You know, I had these guys' action figures when I was a kid, you know. Right. It was, it was a big deal. And uh, I got in a ring with George Deal up in, uh, I think it was uh, it, up North Jersey, way up North Jersey, uh, like, well, something or other and um, it blanked out the fellow rang and I completely blanked and I forgot the whole match and just to show you know, what pro you know the older guy were like he was able to just walk and George Steel matches were pretty pretty easy you know so a lot of haha stuff so he basically walked me through the match and it, it was it was easy as cake you know but uh, yeah I completely blanked out as soon as the bell rang you know? the one thing I loved about George Steele was the fact that he was the exact opposite of his gimmick yeah, he, he, he was so smart he he was one one hell of a profound guy. And, and he, that he, type he, of gimmick was great. Yes, he gave me some great advice on one show. That, that particular show, uh, that particular show was, you know, so I've been, you know, when you're first starting out, you don't make money. Obviously, it's the hot dog handshake thing. And um, I really hadn't been treated that well. And um, that particular show, it was funny. It was being put on by, like, it was sponsored by, like, some Elks or some Knights of Columbus or something like that. One of those type of groups. And they had brought, like, this spread into the locker like I mean, huge subs, like like five of those like table long size subs, a keg of beer, like a full cooler of water and juice and whatnot, just a whole spread, pizza, blah 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 for all the boys. And I remember standing behind Jordiel in, in line basically to get some of the food, and um, you know just being like fucking amazed that the food was even there, and we were gonna get a payday too on top of like holy shit. And I remember George Steele turned looking at me, listen kid, he was like, remember that you're the talent, the the people out there aren't here to be the are uh, not here to see the promoters. They're here to be you. Don't let them treat you any less than this. And that stuck with me for a long time. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was a great, uh, great feeling after that. I'm big on ribs and pranks. And oh, oh shit. Yeah, that, there, were, I, I, there were, you know, I the best rib that I ever got pulled on me was with uh, with Tommy Rumsey because he was that type of guy. Um, we were doing a show in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Wilkes Bar, Wilkesbury. I don't know how exactly how they say it. Doesn't um, matter. Still the same. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And um, so everybody's getting dressed at the end of the show. Everybody, you know, and this guy walks in to the locker room. Nobody knew him. You know, he wasn't part of the show. He's like, hey, nobody, you know, go go back to your hotel rooms. Go go back to your hotel rooms. Uh, I own a um, a gentleman's establishment over the hill here in in, in, uh, Wilkesbury. It's called like the Step On Inn or something like that. So it was me, uh, Dave Duncan, and this guy, John. And so we leave the show, and he said, the guy was like, we'll take care of everything. Things. The food's on the house, we're going to get pieces. All the booze is on the house. Let's take care of the girls. Get, you know, free booze. Get to, you know, ogle some young ladies and eat some pizza. Um, we're all over. So we go over the, you know, we go over the mountain. We go, like, we got lost trying to find this place. And it wound up being, like, literally, like, a double wide trailer in the middle of nowhere. 
and this bar was super freaking speedy. But we go in and we sit down and, you know, no girls were out yet. And it was like Oval State Bar and the girls dance in the middle of the bar. So <laughs> finally, music comes on. We've already had probably, you know, because it was free. We probably already had at least a back in a jeep and a bunch of shots. And the first girl comes out and boy, oh boy, like, you know, I hate to crap on anybody, but he had no business being a dancer. Um, he's probably about, you know, 300 even, you know, and he's coming out and it's completely me. And they're dancing around, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at John and I'm, you know, I'm looking at Dave. Jesus Christ, like, I, it, it, none of the bars like this down by us, you know, they don't look like this. And so, you know, she's, she's paying, like, real hard attention to the three of us, like, coming over to us, <laughs> trying to give us dances and stuff. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It got to the point where and it was just her on stage, and she would come behind me, and I had to, like, back of one in front of me because we told us to take care of the girls. So, with no set establishments, you know, the girls come over to you, and they ask you if you want to dance, and they'll just, so basically, while you're sitting at the bar, they'll, like, get on you and kind of grind on you and whatnot. It got to the point where, you know, she would come over, and I wouldn't even turn around. I just literally hand her the dollar bill over the back of my head. I hear just take it. I, I, you know, I want nothing to do with it. So she goes she goes back into the dressing room and the next girl comes out and she was just as bad. Now I'm like thumbs up. And this girl came out and she looked like Sissy Spacek and Barry basically. But and she had the old school cesarean section scar that went up and down. But not like they give the girls like the bikini scar now. It was like the up and down like major surgery cesarean section scar. Oh my gosh. And her uh, her her uh her chest was basically down to her knee. So he's dancing around and I'm like Jesus Christ what the hell's going on so now I see Tommy come marching in on the other side of the bar he's marching into the place he doesn't sit next to us normally he would have sat right next to us started bullshitting he's on the other side of the bar staring right at us and laughing and I'm like oh man next girl comes out just as bad it's just they kept coming out coming out coming out Tommy went out of his way he knew the guy bar he went out of his way to hire the uh, most unpleasant looking girls in town <laughs> to come dance while we were stuck basically at this bar in the middle of nowhere and uh that that was tommy's big rib he had hired these young ladies uh that definitely weren't pleasant to uh mm. easy on the eyes to come dance while we were uh napping the bag so that was a, that was a good time wow oh my gosh all right one more one more and table five table five so we have a mainstay question here on the 2020 wrestling podcast it's called table of five there are five mm-hmm. people at the table you being the fourth or you being the fifth person who were the other four people you would want at the table we had um what's his name on the show last night vincent and victor andrews last night and his four mm-hmm. were george washington hitler martin luther king and jesus <laughs> i'm like wow and when we asked him about it he gave us a whole long story it was really cool as to why yeah so dead or alive you know. right dead or alive so okay. who would the so other four people it doesn't have wrestling with anybody right that's <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what we get every single time yeah, right. like that's uh, a great that's one cool. um i you know it'd be interesting you know depending on what you know how your religious beliefs go it would, it would definitely be interesting so if you're believing or not i'm not I'm not necessarily a, a religious person but right the jesus christ thing definitely interesting so that that would be one um i would definitely have um lincoln i think of the table um you know it's so hard to kind of do a, a, a list like that there's, there's people you like talk to and um really kind of bullshit with and then there's you know like historical figures like that where you kind of want to be just you know be able to sit there with them and figure you know and then kind of pick their brain about that time and 
space that they were in. So that's a question. So it would definitely be like Lincoln and, and Price. Um, you know, and here's that, you know, as it means a lot to me. Uh, my father had passed away uh, about a few days before my first birthday. So uh, I, I never knew my old man. So obviously I'd want to put my old man at that table. Um, and I'm trying to think who else. So well, yeah. one more person. I thought about. It would have to be Jason Stalin. Stalin? Jason Stalin, yeah. Uh, I'm a big huge history buff. I went to for history. Um, I, I have a, I have a uh, uh, bachelor's in American history. Well, history in general, but I, I in American history. Um, it has to be Stalin. Uh, That's pretty cool. How he, 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 a man like that was able to starve and kill uh, so many of his own countrymen with with basically just like this nonchalant that he had and um and you know kind of forced his you know his own countrymen to fight in a war which a lot of them didn't really want to fight in millions and millions and millions over 50 million uh soviet uh, uh citizens had died in the course of uh the great war and, the, and obviously not the great war but world war ii and, and the purges that followed um yeah no i think let the last person would be something. that's okay. pretty cool um before you oh. yeah it sounds exciting is there any social media you wanted to plug before uh we end the show yeah you know what i'm i'm you know i just uh i'm not a terribly big social media guy i think it's because of my age uh, that's uh, but, perfectly you know, fine <laughs> there's uh you know there's always there's pro wrestling after dark you you have all this you know the stand you have standalone pro wrestling you have pro wrestling after dark and you also have, have has uh swf uh, swf live uh, on all all three branches of social media you can follow up with them take a look um add, chad, show, man. add chad menace too chad and rob man that are uh they're uh they're they're hustling their butts off man and they i i, I honestly Honestly, I can't say enough about either one of those, you know, both of those guys. But especially Chad, Chad is, um, Chad is really, um, what's the word I'm going to, I don't want to say the wrong word here. Really has uh, reinvigorated my belief in pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, especially in the Indies, um, he is the hands down greatest person I've met uh, in this business. Great dad. Uh, he's a great promoter, and he's a he's a fucking hustler, man. He he gets he, he gets it done. He and we, he he puts his mind to it. It happens. And uh, to be able to you know he he's at the forefront of the the taste of the rainbow show down for pro wrestling after dark uh, on October first down there at the Tennessee Beer Hall in Atlanta. City, uh, and that's a huge step. October first. Uh, October first at the Tennessee Beer Hall in Atlantic City. Great venue. Um, okay, I'll go anywhere. In Tennessee. Really, really cool place. Pretty big place. Um, great place. Tennessee Beer Hall in Atlantic City, right down the street. I think uh, Tennessee Ave. I think the towboat is at the end of Tennessee Ave on the boardwalk. Right. Um, we should support your friends. And then uh, yeah, yeah. And then you have obviously uh, Boardwalk Buds, man. In June, Boardwalk Buds is a huge show. That's going to be again. You're going to have not only are you going to have standalone wrestling. You're going to have um, um, ICW, uh, and I believe you're going to have Pro Wrestling After Dark at that show. Uh, so that's three days. That's a three-day cannabis, um, basically a, a cannabis enthusiast uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> a kind of a convention, uh, which will also have, you know, stand-up comedy, which will have nightclubs, which will have speed dating uh, for cannabis enthusiasts. Um, <laughs> and you're also, yeah, which, which will be a hoot. But you're also going to have, you know, some great pro wrestling shows. And, you know, with ICW coming in, you get kind of that mix of you're going to have your, you know, standalone with the kind of pure wrestling. You're going to have, you know, ICW with more of the that's match, hardcore type style. Um, yeah, it's going to be, 
it's going to be a hoot, man. It's going to be a good time. And that's June 24th, I believe. And that's me, again, not having any notes or anything. Oh, that's um, perfect. Week before that's, my birthday. That's, that's, yep, that's, birthday. that's the, my birthday. the end of June. My birthday. The, uh, the showboat is hosting the whole the whole thing. So it, that's all out of the showboat, which is such a great venue for rest. Yeah, that was great. That's great. Um, I want to say thank you again for coming on. Thank you. You're always welcome. Thank you for having me. You're, You're always welcome, welcome to come on. I would definitely like to get a part two. Oh, yeah, big no, time. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of yeah. questions we didn't oh, yeah. cover. After, yeah, no, I, I could I could talk I could talk for hours. There's definitely uh after this after this run of shows for uh for the trifecta, there's gonna be there's a lot of great stuff. There. Definitely a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh I you know, kind of shooting here, you know, kind of, you know, pulling back kayfabe a lot. I, you know, obviously I know who I'll be working with a little further down the line, and uh, there's going to be some great matches coming up for this Texas Championship um, that, that they'll definitely be, a, uh, we'll be able to talk a lot about. Yes, yes. Uh, if you're all, ever up in Philly, Delaware area, give us a give us a holler, and we'll go out to eat nice. somewhere. Awesome. Sounds good, bud. Yeah. All right, brother. Uh, before we, before we, we're going to end the show, and then we'll do the um, little promo, and then we're right. So, this is the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am DB Richards. I'm Dave Keener. And I'm Brian Bennett. And we'll see you. You forgot who we get done. And we've been talking to Cerberus. Cerberus. Cerberus? Cerberus. Cerberus. (laughs) And we've been talking to Cerberus, the trifecta world champion. And we'll. And we'll see you. Inside the the ring. No. (laughs) (laughs) He he laid a beating on Mason Martin on Saturday night. Oh, did he? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, This is Cerberus. Trifecta heavyweight champion, Lord of Haiti, and this is the 2300 Wrestling Podcast.